Hi, Kamari. Hi. Uh, thank you for spending some time with me today and and agreeing to do this wild thing that for some reason I said I would do. <laughs> I really appreciate that. No um, so to jump right in, I would love you to let me know what you do and why you do it. So I am a curator, a artistic director, a pro- creative producer. Loads of names to describe essentially the same thing, but I'm a, mm-hmm. a creative producer. I work uh, work with kind of a multidisciplinary approach. So I create theatre, literature, archiving and community projects. And the purpose of my work is to um, offer fresh perspectives on marginalised voices. And those voices change with each project, each project. And I'm you know grateful enough to do that under the umbrella of my organisation, Humble Be Creative. So, why do you do all of those things that you do? Hmm. Okay, so honestly speaking, it came from a place of frustration. Um, So I come from a performance background as an actor and a spoken word artist. Hmm. Um, And I got quite quite frustrated about some of the roles that were written for me. And often when I went into the audition room, um, it felt as if I was being brought into the audition room as either a script editor um, or just kind of like a like a token piece basically yeah um and those stories that were written for me didn't necessarily reflect my experience or necessarily the experience of the people uh the, yeah the people within that network so mm-hmm. i um i think initially i didn't really know what a produce, producer was i always thought i was a director mm-hmm. um and then i went to do an ma i went to drama school to do an ma in producing and it just completely opened up a new world and I think for me, uh, the most valuable thing about uh, the work that I do and the way in which I work is, is opening doors for other people. There's so many resources out there, mm-hmm. so many talented people, but the two are not necessarily connected. So I find a lot of joy in um, just letting people know what's out there. Like I can't make every project in the world. Sometimes I like to think I can, but um, Ooh, I can't. Me. <laughs> just letting people know did you know this funding is out there or like this resource is out there or this yeah it's 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 brought me a lot of joy and I've also been been able to obviously find resources within that for myself mm-hmm. so I don't have to wait on someone to find value in my work I can just create it myself and I have the skills to do that amazing that's beautiful um and thank you for reminding me that I cannot and also don't have to do every project ever (laughs) um so you sort of mentioned um that you were a performer an actor and a poet um and that you went to uni drama school yeah so I had like a I guess what uh, a lot of people call like a non uh traditional route into acting Mm. uh I've always funny enough like you know, acting or performance is something I wanted to do since I was a child, but uh, I never in my wildest dreams thought I'd be doing it professionally um, in the way that I am now. So that's pretty wild. Uh, but yeah, I just started off through like, you know, drop school drama clubs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, then when I was, I think, 13, managed to convince one of my parents to uh, pay for the uh, Saturday school, Sylvia Young. I was desperate to go to the full-time school, but my family just couldn't afford that. So, like, Saturday school. And I only went for a few terms anyway, because, yeah, money was tight. Uh, but it was great. That was, like, 
the foundations of my acting training and from there I had the confidence to kind of explore uh performance through like community initiatives and um summer schools and stuff like that and um yeah um and then uh yeah did I answer your question yes you did yeah <laughs> um so I just want to uh prod a little bit more and ask yeah. you what experiences led you from that point mm. to becoming a creative producer and doing what you do now? What 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 experiences led you here? Mm. Yeah, I love this podcast because it's making me think about things I don't really get the, the chance to like stop and think about because I'm literally always on the move. Like ask anyone that knows me, they're like, oh my God, Kamara, you're always working. And like, it's actually nice just to like think about like, where did it all start? Like, why am I doing this? Um, yeah, so kind of between performance and producing. So my BA was in um, drama, applied theatre and education. Mm-hmm. So I went to drama school, but it wasn't, I didn't do the, like the three-year, typical three-year acting. So that basically when I graduated, I was a trained facilitator. Um, yes. So that's how I started facilitating within community spaces. So for example, on the course, like uh, we had projects where we worked with people in prison, people with mental health needs, disabilities, um there were projects abroad were working with yeah a whole whole range of, of people so it was really yeah it was it was an amazing course and uh facilitation uh took me into this weird space of like performance and facilitation so I did a lot of work in like schools for example primary and secondary um but uh, personally speaking I didn't really enjoy working within schools I found that there's not much there's a lot of censorship in schools so mm-hmm. and there's you, you, you can only work with, you know, students in a certain way. And, and I, I found when I was in those settings, students wanted to have those conversations, but we couldn't really go there. So I attempted writing for a bit. Mm-hmm. Wasn't not necessarily something I'd say I'm brilliant at, but I think, yeah, it's essentially that led to me going back into study to do my MA in producing. Mm. And that's where I unlocked all these, basically everything I'd learned up until that point basically uh contributed to like my producing style essentially um I hope that makes sense but yeah Yeah, that really does that really does um that sounds like such a journey of coming through acting which I think um can resonate with a lot of people who work in the arts but not necessarily in a performance role or Mm. as, as as an actor or performer because a lot of us did come through acting classes, whether that was, you know, Sylvia Young or like for me, it was the Lyric Hammersmith and they're kind of, you know, much more affordable performance-based workshops and courses. Um, But yeah, I feel like a lot of us kind of came through that acting door and then realised that on the other side, there was a whole world of arts roles that we could, you know, take up and put ourselves in and stuff like that mm-hmm. um so yeah so I really really follow that journey and unlike you I didn't I've never formally studied you know in, at a university level or, or at a stage of drama school mm-hmm. um but I wouldn't be where I am if I if the door wasn't open at the acting come and be in a drama class sort of level right it's so underrated now that I think about it because like yeah, it's just a, it's, it's an amazing kind of entry point. And it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting, I guess, from a producer's perspective, how 
as we know, things are changing in the world now with the economy and like, Mm -hmm. I think it's important more than ever now to have those resources open. Otherwise, well, because we know even in schools now, um, a lot of art-based options are being cut. So like, it really is, yeah, it's interesting. Um, That's a whole nother podcast, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a part two. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So what has surprised you most about what you do now? How hard I've had to work. Mm. Um, as in, let me be more specific. The jump from freelancer to business owner has been huge. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I was quite naive about all the work that goes into having a business. I've been working free, like as a freelancer, like a freelance performer for about minimum six years, roughly um yeah so so to jump into a business structure was a shock and I'm grateful that I had the support of my university so I was crazy now that I think about it but I was studying while I was studying on my MA that's when I started the business which was okay yeah shout out you (laughs) um which was great because I had the support of the school if something's going wrong I'm like hey this is falling apart please help Mm. Uh, which not not a lot of people get mm-hmm. um but I think what surprised me the most is um yeah that jump from freelance to business owner and what that means being a black business owner mm. um, it's been really tough really mm-hmm. tough and there's certain things to this day which I I try to explain to people but they don't necessarily understand in terms of um how these things have, how these I guess microaggressions or how like some of these systems affect me on the day-to-day. It can be really, really tough, but at the same time, it's been extremely rewarding and I'd say it's honestly changed my life. I feel... Well, my aim initially was to feel more autonomous, to feel more control of my narrative and to support other people in telling their own stories. And I feel to some extent, um, yeah, I've achieved that. So it's been... It's a really powerful feeling and not in a, like... um, not in a way that goes to my head, but I feel humbled to be in the position that I am. And yeah, I, I hope that I can share all these resources because there's there's so much wealth out there. There's so many resources out there. There's so there's so many opportunities out there. And uh, yeah, not not everyone has access to that. So I just yeah, for me, it's just about I guess educating people about that and empowering people to do it um, themselves if possible. And when you talk about going from freelance to becoming a business owner, you were talking about um, your, please correct me if I'm wrong, creative arts company, creative production company called Humble Bee Creative. Yeah, Humble Bee Creative, yeah. So we're, um, yeah, we're we're a social enterprise. um, But yeah, we're also also a a production company. So we produce... um, well, because of the pandemic and a lot of stuff has been online, but yeah, shows, talks, events, retreats. Yeah. yeah. And have you found yourself in a leadership role in a way that you haven't before? Or have you, do you feel like this is just a another side to the same coin um, of the sort of producer that you were when you were freelance? Does that make sense? Mm, can you expand a bit more? Absolutely. So I guess I'm wondering, um, as a freelance producer, and Mm. now as a producer for a social enterprise, Mm. um, 
I guess the question we're asking is, are there differences or do you feel like those skills just transfer directly over and actually it's just the name that you're working under is different? Having a business has taught me what, how best to use my transferable skills. Mm. Um, so I had these skills, I guess, all along, either because they were part of my personal personality or I learned them through other courses that I did or not even arts related thing. You, you know, you work in a, you could work in a bar and get some transferable skills that you can apply to producing, but I don't, Absolutely. I don't think I'm necessarily in touch with what those things were. So I think having the responsibility, I guess, of managing a company and managing teams it forces you to understand very quickly what you know and what you don't know. And you'll know really quickly what you don't know because you're like, help. <laughs> um, but also as well, it's, it's definitely taught me to like ask for help. I have no shame in going, this is falling apart, please help. Because actually that saved me from being in a much worse position later, later on down the line. And I've been able to kind of collaborate and delegate. Oh my God, delegating, like yep. my life. game changer. <laughs> but yeah, so I think it's, it's just helped me to understand, I guess, uh, the type of leader I am. And it's interesting in in society, we, I guess we see a very particular image of what a leader is and what they look like and what they do and how they do it. Mm-hmm. So I think that, sh- that jump from freelancer to business owner has helped me understand what that means for me and how I can use my strengths and my advantages and what I can, how I can work on my weaknesses. Yeah. So thinking about um, you specifically, um, as an as an independent producer, whether that's freelance um, with your company or in any, any other way, mm-hmm. what is it that keeps you going? Why are you still here doing this? <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, I'm a bit obsessed with um, just the creation in terms of like skills. Like programming is my thing. I love create. Like I'm an ideas person. Like I never. I'm never at loss for ideas for projects or ideas of collaboration, stuff like that. So I, I really enjoy that process and coming up with new things mm-hmm. and problem solving, essentially using creative ideas. Um, why I do it, though, at the core, I think, not I think, but uh, arts has definitely saved my life. That is so cheesy, but it's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I was a very lonely child. Um, and so... Even with the acting stuff, like, I, you know, I was left on my own for long periods of time. And, like, I would just look through, like, magazines and newspapers and just, like, read the newspapers, articles in, like, different accents. And I became really good at accents. Don't ask me to do any now. I'm rubbish. Um, but, um, and then I, yeah, and then I, I mean, I just sit at home watching loads of TV and films and, mm-hmm. yeah, and all of that kind of stuff. And then... I guess television was my first introduction to acting and performance before I could experience that through school or, you know, all of the other kind of initiatives I explored. But yeah, it's, um, it just brings me great joy. And uh, it's, it's something I, you know, go to bed thinking about and I wake up thinking about. Um, it's, 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 it's genuinely a part of my life. So mm-hmm. that's definitely one reason I do it. Um, it's a part of my life and it makes me happy. Um, so... I would love to know what you hope the future of this industry looks like, could be, is. Um, yeah, what do you hope for the future of this industry? Future of this industry, I'd love to see more access into the arts for um, 
marginalized voices within the industry. So one a conversation I don't feel we have enough in terms of like like for example, a lot of creators um, ask me about applying for funding and how they can do that for their projects. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to see more kind of like education on that. Uh, but also from the funder's perspective, more access into it mm-hmm. because there's so many loopholes and there's so many barriers. Mm-hmm. And I feel now since kind of the Black Lives Matter or the resurgence of, of the Black Lives Matter movement and those conversations that the new conversations that are being opened up on like what some of these structural barriers are. So for example, uh, a lot of funders like require um, two signatures on the bank account. Uh, when I started my business, I was just one person. So it's like, where do I find the second person? It's like, do I just hand over my, yeah, there's, some, there's, there's things like that, um, yeah. which I wish funders would have, uh, which funders would re- review to allow funding to be more accessible because mm-hmm. yeah, I just, yeah, more, more diverse and like authentically diverse uh, voices within the mainstream narrative. I'm tired of seeing, um, here's your little pot of funding, go to your projects over there and like that's it like there's no uh-huh people are desperate for like bay and poc black artists to do the work but are not the funding doesn't allow our work to be sustainable absolutely and so people always question well how how do we know how do we know if it's going to be sustainable um and i think if if things were in place within the funding structures to allow it to be that way then people would trust our work more. Mm. Um, I want to see less trauma porn and more joy. That's such a huge thing. I like, I wish like we would talk about it more because I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm separate to that. I absolutely identify with that. Like I felt it's only in the last year where I can confidently, confidently say, no, this, this idea has, this idea is important because I know it is, and I know the community, and I've spoken about it, not because, I don't know, it's, it's really interesting when it comes to, we want we want work that is joyful, right? But we also understand the need for drama within theatre or art. Mm-hmm. So, of course, there's a balance there, but I think, yeah, it's it's a very, even for me, it's been a new feeling of, I don't need to ask permission for that. And that's absolutely blowing my mind. And now I just want that for everyone else. Um, because yeah, I mean, launching a, a, I'm launching a new project next year and, uh, there's so much I've had to tweak just to make it palatable, just to say that it's for my community and I don't understand why that is. And I don't understand why the word black is political, like politicized, uh, when it comes to just, I don't know, I don't understand why I can't express and be proud of that so I guess that's my personal goal I just want to be I want to celebrate my heritage um as well as learn about others um other people's heritage through my work but I wish it was more balanced and that's um a pretty much a perfect segue into the next thing that I would wanted to ask you which was what was what is your hope um for your future in this industry you specific Mm. um yeah I 
When I started the business, I felt a lot of pressure because I felt like I had to narrow it down into one thing. Um, Humble Bee is not like a cookie cutter theater or film or yeah, or film company in that way. It's not just one thing. Um, so I found at first it was confusing for people to understand what it was I did. So I think what I'd like is just, I like that I'm able to kind of dip my fingers in different pies. And for me, particularly like for this first year and a half of the business, it's been a chance to play and experiment and mm-hmm. understand what I like doing. So then I can then narrow things down and perfect, perfect things. Um, but I think, yeah, I, the more I do it, the more I, I don't want to be pigeonholed into one genre or art style. That's why I guess I love artists like Jordan Peele. Um, mm-hmm. I can go from horror to comedy and people, you know, appreciate both. Um, ultimately, I think I don't want to be, um, I don't want to be celebrated just because I'm black and trans, but because my work is of value. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I hope people will see past that. But I also hope that people can um, use my personal context to understand more about me and, and, and my work and that because of those things, that's why I create work in the way that I do or that's why I open up conversations in the way that I do. Um, I hope that makes sense. Does that make sense? It does make sense. It absolutely does make sense. Um, I, I trust you'll tell me. <laughs> I yeah I will that was beautiful and chatting to you has been beautiful I wanted to ask you one more thing before I let you run free um if you could invent anything that would support you and make your job easier what would it be essentially some kind of an easier way of like uh uh reading text on a screen because mm-hmm. I struggle with reading. So uh, I just want an easy way of, yeah, processing the reading so I can get work done because that's been something I've struggled with. Um, thank you. I'm going to say thank you so much for spending some time with me and answering all of my questions in a really beautiful and open and honest way. I appreciate that and I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is amazing. Um, Yeah, thank you. Okay, I'm going to say bye to you now. Okay. (laughs) Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed a little coffee break while I chatted with Kamari Romeo. Kamari is a London-based producer, actor and spoken word artist with interest in mental health, immersive entertainment and applied community arts. His work encourages audiences to be less passive and more engaged and aims to awaken their own social responsibility through art that pollinates conversation. In 2019, he founded the social enterprise Humblebee Creative. You can find Kamari and his work at Creative Humblebee on all socials. Let us know what you've been up to lately by using hashtag Black Empower. I've been Coco Brown. This podcast has been produced by me for the Lost Kids Collective. Sound production by Forward Motion with music from Late Kid and Weird Today show image was created by House of JBK. Stay safe. Bye.